0: Ephesians chapter 4 verse 25 Therefore laying aside falsehood Speak truth, each one of you with his neighbor For we are members of one another For his name's sake Prescribe truth, we giving you what the doctor ordered Jamal Bandy, apologist, the Lord's servant We undeserving, but Christ changed our mind frame In a world full of errors The only thing the doctor prescribes is truth Welcome back, everybody, to Prescribe Truth Podcast. I'm Jamal Bandy, the one who seeks to distribute the truth that the doctor prescribes to the church and the world today. Also a part of the Christian podcast community. If you'd like to contact me, you can do so by emailing me at prescribed.truth at gmail.com or calling me at 801-980-6333. If you'd like to support this ministry financially, i greatly appreciate it. For only a dollar or more a month, you can support this podcast as it goes to different apps and the streaming of the podcast and and the growth of this podcast. Really greatly appreciate it. You can sponsor the show in that way. For only a dollar or more a month, if you join us on Patreon, patreon patreon.com forward slash prescribed truth. Um, whatever, whatever app you're listening to this on or whether you're watching it live on Facebook, not Facebook, but on YouTube, the link is in the description as as well as if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see it at the bottom of the screen there. Um, I greatly appreciate it. And if not, I appreciate your prayers. Please continue to pray for me and this ministry. On today's show, I feel it's important that we discuss um this most emotional and controversial topic dealing with suicide. Um not going to um, do the typical thing dealing with suicide as far as trying to um, put a Band-Aid on wounds, so to speak. But I do want to handle this carefully. And but I do think it's important as Christians we be truthful to the issue at hand and we be honest and also yet show grace and mercy as well. Um, but this subject is important and we need to deal with it. Um, concerning the events that have happened of late uh, with a pastor, a known pastor taking his life, um, and what happened out of, out of that. And, um, the talk that's been going around. And, and he's not the only one that has been other people who profess to be Christians who have taken their own lives. And, um, and it's, it's sad. It's devastating to the families. Um, it's devastating to those who knew and loved them. Um, but we need to talk about it. We need to talk about it. Um, the issues that come up because of something like this is, whether or not the person was truly saved, whether they truly believed in the Lord because their lack of faith caused them to take their life. Well, this is the argument. I'm not saying that this is what I'm seeing so far. I'm just saying this is the argument, um, that they could not have been saved because they took their own life. Um, they sinned and therefore they died in, in, in the midst of their sin. And therefore there was no time to repent. And so therefore they are have lost their salvation, um, in that sense, or maybe never had salvation in the first place, you know, all those things, or that the person, though they had committed suicide, um, they still are with the Lord because they were truly saved, you know. And so we have all these different conversations and different um, viewpoints. But we want to know, well, what does the scripture say about these things? What is the truth about it? You know, regardless if we may not like it, whether whether or not it may hurt our feelings or whether or not it may make a, make us feel uncomfortable. The point is, we must deal with it. We must stick to the truth, stand on God's word and trust him. In the midst of his truths, you know, and bring those things to bear. All right. Especially in a culture that is steady, trying to find their way around God's word. All right. So first, let's think about this. What is suicide? Suicide is the taking of one's own life. All right. So it's not taking of someone else's life. It's taking their own life. All right. And I remember having, I had a conversation with a brother of mine the other night and we was discussing uh, suicide as murder. You know, is suicide murder? Because we know clearly the law of God says thou shall not commit murder. All right. So is suicide by definition murder? Well, we have there's two instances. We know we know that people kill in the Bible and then we know this murder. Well, what's the difference between the two? Because both involve taking of someone's life. Well, Every time we see in the scriptures where someone is killed, if it's about by, by battle, by war, or God kills people for their disobedience and their um their uh, be, you know, being judged by his wrath and so on and so forth, but those are just causes. But every time we see scripture talk about murder, we're dealing with someone who's taking someone else's life unjustly, all right? There's no reason, there's no good reason, no no uh sinful godly reason. Why you should take someone's life. And I say sinful. I don't mean that in you know, a godly way. It's sinful. I'm saying it's, there's no sin that was committed that caused that, that's uh, that caused this person to be worthy of be of being killed by someone else's hand. You know, let's be technical there. So when someone takes their own life, is it justified? Like if you take your own life, is it just? Would you say it's just to take your own life? You know, that's what we have to ask, you know. And honestly, to give the answer, no, according to scripture, no, it's, it's not just to take our own life. Why? Because we're not our own. Whether you're a Christian or non-Christian, you are not your own. If you are, if you are a human being, you are created in the image of God, the Imago Dei. You have value. You have dignity. You have worth. That value is to God. You're his creation. All right. You're his creation. You belong to him. The world and everything in it belongs to God. And when we take upon ourselves to do something like that, we are basically inadvertently, we are basically taking, trying to take the reins out of God's hands and take it upon ourselves. That's what we're doing. So I'm like, I make no bones about it when it comes to the subject of suicide that this is a sinful act, that it is evil, it is wicked. Okay, now, I don't mean to say that as being um, non-compassionate to those who have taken their lives and the families who have been affected by it. Please, please, please hear me with this. I don't mean to sound um, like I'm like I'm not compassionate towards the families or the individuals who have done so. But we have to acknowledge sin for what it is. All right. Across the board, it is sinful. You know, what does the Bible tell us about sin? What we see, what we see, it's like sin begins when we're driven, enticed by our own lust and desires, right? We're driven and enticed by our own lust and desires. And then when sin is fully grown, it brings forth death. All right. That's what happens with all of us. You know, but this is why we need to be born again. This is why we need Christ. This is why we need the Lord because of our sinfulness. Like we can't control this on our own. We we can't. We can't deal with this on our own. This sinful flesh that we have, this wicked flesh, we can't deal with it on our own. We can't conquer it. You know, we can't. We can't overcome it. I think about where a God tells Cain before he kills his brother, he tells him, he said, he said, sin has this desire for you, you know, but you must rule over it. Sin is crouching at the door and his, sin, and his desire is for you, but you must rule over it. But did Cain rule over it? No. No, he still went and killed his brother. He still killed his brother because he could not rule over it. We see time and time again as God gives warnings to Israel and everyone else to make a choice between choosing him and choosing the world or choosing idolatry and choosing this and choosing that outside of God, and they always choose wrong, no matter what. Yet God still calls, God still draws, and God still extends mercy, and He still extends grace. You know we have to be real about this, you know, and honest about that. All right. So it is sinful, and it's wicked, and I don't mean I want to kind of snatch the bandaid off a little bit like this. I don't want to you know, um, just creep around this topic like that. Like it is sinful. All right, it's sinful act. Now let's deal with this. And I'm I want to read this article from Grace to You. I'm gonna get to it in a in a little bit. So just stick, just, stick, just stick around for that because uh, it's going to lay out some things that it's going to say better than what I could say. <laughs> but it's, it gives my it has my same sentiments. and It has scripture to back it up as well. So that's what we're going to look at that. But if if somebody commits suicide, are they automatically going to hell? Well, yes and no. And it really depends on where you stand concerning your theology. You know, this, this is what it means. This is why theology is important. Our understanding of who God is, our understanding of the gospel the atonement, uh, regeneration, the work of the spirit, sanctification, and our sociology. All of this matters. Our theology matters. And if we have a a skewed theology, then we're going to wind up at the wrong conclusion of that question. If someone commits suicide, are they automatically going to hell? Now, real quick, I want to just say suicide isn't the unpardonable sin, Jesus didn't speak of sin as, I mean, of suicide as being an unpardonable sin. But this doesn't, I don't say that to make light of suicide, just like any other sin. When Jesus mentioned the unpardonable sin, he didn't mention homosexuality as being an unpardonable sin. He didn't mention adultery being an unpardonable sin. He didn't mention any of those things being an unpardonable sin, but that doesn't make light of those sins. Those sins are grievous to the spirit, right? But we just have to be clear. It is not the unpardonable sin. The only difference between suicide and any other sin that we can commit in the earth is that when we commit these other sins, there's a possibility for us to still feel remorse, for us to still turn from them and not do them again. But once you commit suicide, you can't go back like you can't turn around and do a retry. It's not like a video game where you can be respawned again like it's over. You know, your your physical life and I say physical life because, you know, we have a soul Our physical life is over and we can't get that back. All right. So I want to be clear about that. All right. So that's the only difference between suicide and any other sin is that at, at the end of that the turn of that, once it's over, we, we can't redo it. We can't make a, a choice not to do it again and all that kind of stuff like that is done. All right. That's the difference. Now. If someone commits suicide are they saved? You know, I mean, if a person gets to a point where they really do the act, are they really, are they truly saved? Because we know what scripture teaches us that if we are in Christ, right? if We're in Christ. The Holy spirit teaches us to renounce ungodliness. And then we know scripture tells tells us that unbelief is a sin. You know, the lack of belief is a sin, right? So, our lack of faith, our lack of trust in God, and so on and so forth, that's sin, right? And we know, okay, if we're in Christ, and this is what we're called to do, trust Christ. We turn from our sin. We don't we don't worry about what we may eat, what we may drink, what we may wear, but we look to Christ. We look to the cross, right? We seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all its righteousness, and all these other things will be added. You know, we see time and time again, Paul talks about being content. And whatever state we find ourselves in, you know, we have all of that. All right. And so now what do we do with it? What do we do with it when it comes to this this subject? All right. Now, in moment of weakness, let's be clear about this. Any time that we sin against God, it's because of a lack of faith. Let's be honest. Let's be real. Once again, I've already said time and time again, so I'm not going to beat the dead horse on this. I'm not trying to belittle the, the, um, the dangerousness and the seriousness behind the act of suicide as far as it being sinful. But let's be honest. If, if suicide is caused by a lack of faith, so is every other sin that we commit under heaven. When we commit adultery, if we commit adultery, it is a lack of faith in God. For whatever reason, you're, you're having more trust. You're trusting more in your flesh than in God. It's idolatry. You want to serve your flesh. And not the Lord in that moment, in that very moment, that very moment when you tell a lie for whatever reason, trying to protect yourself from from injury or whatever. In that very moment, you lack faith. The difference between you committing the act of lying and committing the act of adultery is that, you know, Lord willing, you'll still be living afterwards and you're able to say you're able to say consciously. I'm not going to do that again. Lord, help me that I don't do that again. Help me to turn. Provide the way of an escape, and so on and so forth. Because the Bible does say that the Lord will provide the way of an escape when we're tempted. When we're tempted, right? But yet we still find ourselves falling in sin. I believe God always has, has the way of escape for us. I don't think there's ever a time that we come before that we come before um come before God that um, every, every time that we Coming for sin is there a is there a place where God has not given us a way of escape? The issue is that we're still sinful. Even in being born again, we still deal with sin. We still battle with sin. We do, and in that very moment, we lack faith. Even and this is why we're constantly going to the Lord, constantly going to the Lord, because we're we're, we're trusting Him. We're trusting in His salvation, trusting in His work, and all of these things. So we just have to be mindful of that. That's what's happening to us every time, every day. All right. It's our faith in Christ. It's our trust in him that causes us to continually be reminded that we should turn from our sin because there's nothing good in our flesh. Nothing good. Right. So once again, not making light of the issue, not saying that um, a person who commits suicide is, you know, oh, it's not as you know, it's not as bad just because, you know, all that kind of stuff. No, I'm not saying that. I just want to be careful with this because I know somebody may hear this and hear the wrong thing. All right. So, no, this is the this is the result of it all. So that I do believe, I do believe a person can be, I say can, a person can be a believer and still be caught into extreme weak, weakness where they do take their life and that they still may be with the Lord. I'm just going to throw that out there. I'm just going to rip the band-aid off. Okay. But I believe there's some nuances we have to look at because at the end of the day, it could be, it very may well be that the person may not have truly been a believer at all you know and lacked faith that didn't have faith in god didn't truly trust in god it could be it could be and so we just have to be careful about that we have to be careful okay and so i just want to throw that out i want to rip the bandaid off let you know where i stand with this i do believe because of what i see in the scripture concerning salvation what i see in the scripture concerning god's atonement and and um in the gospel message if our works don't save us and our works don't keep us and it's all in Christ, and if Jesus death on the cross paid for my sins, all of my sins, not just the present sins, not just my past sins, but sins I'm going to commit in the future, they're already covered in Christ. I believe that I believe that because that's what bible that's what the Bible tells us um a few weeks ago, probably a month or so ago now, I did an episode on here going over Colossians two, and we talked about how. The Bible does say that Jesus died on the cross. When he died on the cross, he nailed, oh, excuse me, he nailed all of our sins on the cross. He canceled the certificate of debt that was stacked against us, having nailed it to the cross, taking it out of the way. I'm paraphrasing, but you get the idea. And you know, I'm gonna, actually, I'm gonna read a little bit of that when we look at the article from Grace to You. And so it's like, If it's, if, do we believe that or not? Is it all of our sins or just some of it? Is it all of our sins except suicide, except murder or what? Because if someone commits murder in this, in this life, guess what? They kill someone else. They still have an opportunity to repent and put their trust in Christ. Their life isn't over. They may spend the rest of their life behind bars and they may get the death penalty, but They still have a chance. The Lord can still save them and bring them to himself, even though they may have committed murder and killed someone else. So what is the difference if they take their own? It's the same thing. The same thing. If we're truly in Christ, if we're truly in Christ, then we will be saved. Okay. Now, if someone say, well, if you're truly in Christ, then why would you even Practice that unbelief, like continually have that unbelief racking in your mind to the point where you will take your life. And how do you not notice somebody's battling in and out with it, just like we do with the sins that we commit on a daily basis? Like, why do, we, why do you commit the lie that you do? Why do you say the lie that you do? Why do you have lustful thoughts like you do? All these temptations around you day in and day out, why do they happen? Why do they happen to you? Because you have faith. Because we're still sinners. We're still sinful. We are, we are saved by grace. I'm not saying that we, like, some people harp against the idea of us saying that we're sinners saved by grace, but it is true because the Bible does not say that we're perfect now. We are saints. If we are in Christ, we are saints, but we're not perfect now. But we're made, we're being made into the image of Christ. And if he begun a good work in us, then he will continue it into the day of Jesus Christ. That's a promise. And I think those promises should be what encourages a believer not to take their lives. I think when someone is is contemplating suicide, it's because at that very moment, they need to be reminded of the promises of God. Whatever is going on in their life, it isn't as bad as it seems. It isn't as bad as it seems. And this life is not promised to us anything like God does not owe us nothing Right. We need to be reminded of these truths. We think that, oh, I deserve more. I deserve this. I deserve better. And therefore, I don't feel like my life. I don't feel like my life is worth it. It's because we're not think we're not really we're not thinking clearly and understanding why we even live in the first place. Why we even move, why we have our being, why we exist is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. That's the main that's the main purpose of man to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Not this world, not the things in it. My wife and my children, though I love them dearly, when I stand before the Lord, I won't be a married man. I won't stand before the Lord, a married man. I will give an account for me being married on the earth, but I won't stand before him, a married man. I can't take them with me. Can't take them with me. You know what I'm saying so. Let's, let's be clear about all that. So that's me saying a whole lot. Um, I, I'm hoping you get it. I hope you understand where I'm coming from with that. Uh, real quick, real quick, because I do want to play some ads. I want to do. I want to get to some comments. I'm going to play an ad. We're gonna take a break real quick, and when we get back, we're gonna take a look at the article uh, from Grace to You dealing with this very subject. It's very short, so it shouldn't take us long. So I'll be right back. <laughs> What's up, everyone? This is James Watkins, host of the Five Souls Podcast and founder of Five Souls Ministries. Be sure to check out our podcast that releases every Thursday on your favorite podcasting app as we discuss Christian doctrine and dive into the Reformed theological distinctives and their continued relevance for the church and world today. Grace alone, faith alone, Christ alone, Scripture alone, to the glory of God alone. Join us each episode as we discuss the truths of these foundational rallying cries of the Protestant Reformers and how this material helps challenge and direct the current church in its life of worship and witness. Visit us online at www.FivesoulasMinistries.com that's www.thenumber5solasministries.com to learn more information about the ministry and to also check out our awesome Five Solas lineup of t-shirts and gospel tracks. And as always, may all that you do be done to the glory of God. Soli. Deo. Gloria. Can you answer the following questions for your children or for the person to whom you are witnessing? Number one, is the New Testament reliable? Two, can you explain the Trinity to me? Three, how is Jesus, both God and man? And a slew of other questions you will be able to answer if you get Andrew Rappaport's new book, What Do We Believe? It will help you a ton. Get your copy at whatdowebelievebook.com. Whatdowebelievebook.com. All right, we're back. All right, so we're going to take a look at this article from Grace to You. The title of it is, Can One Who Commits Suicide Be Saved? And I want to see who wrote this article, if they give a name. I don't think they put the name on here of the, of the author, but it was a good article. Um, the reason why I chose this article to read is because the sentiments that it gives echoes that of which I have as well. Um, something that I've dealt with before. And like I've mentioned that I used to believe this. I used to believe the idea that if someone commits suicide because they didn't repent before they passed away or whatever, then, you know, they can't be saved. And this is, these are the extreme instances where someone may take their life by being shot in the head. I'm not trying to be too graphic, but, you know, where something can be instantaneous like that, you know? Um, I was telling a friend of mine the other night, is like, I do believe there's some instances where someone, has uh, began the process of taking their life, whether it be from taking pills or from uh, slitting the wrists or hanging. I do believe in the moments prior to them taking their last breath, there may be, it may be, we don't know, but it could be a moment of regret, you know, a moment of you know remorse for doing such a thing, you know, but it's just too late for them to change it. It's too late for them to turn it around. You know, it's already been started. It's already begun. You know, and that's just the it, you know. So I do believe there are cases like that, you know, um, in the heart of a believer, you know, especially a believer uh, who knows better, who understands the word, who knows the gospel and what it teaches. Yet in that in that moment, you know, they're weak and then they begin this process. And then it's too late for them to turn it around, you know, and they have to face the consequence of their actions, because regardless of if we are in Christ, you know, our sin still requires consequences. You know, if you commit adultery, though the Lord um, can forgive you, you still may face consequences in your marriage or face consequences in your body. You know, depending on what the issue is, you know, in committing murder, you may still face consequences of having to do jail time. You know, there's still consequences for our sin, though the Lord offers his mercy and his grace. All right. So I just want to be clear about that. So let's get into reading this article from Grace to You. Can one who commits suicide be saved? It says suicide is a grave sin, equivalent to murder. And it gives the scripture of Exodus 2013 20, and 21, 23. But it can be forgiven like any other sin. All right, so let's be clear. It can be forgiven. And scripture says clearly that those redeemed by God have been forgiven for all their sins, past, present, and future. And it highlights Colossians two, uh, 13 through 14. I just want to read that real quick just for um, us and just for encouragement for us to understand. Verse 13, when you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our transgressions, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us. All right which was hostile to us. And he has taken it out of the way having nailed it to the cross. All right. So it's not just our past sins, not just our present sins, not just our future sins, but all of them, all of our sins. All right. He's forgiven us all our transgressions because of him dying on the cross because he gave his life on the cross. All right. He's taken it out of the way. He's taken out the certificate of debt. All right. It's nailed to the cross. All of our sin is nailed to the cross. All right. It says, Paul says in Romans eight thirty eight to 39, that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And that's truly What Paul says, nothing can separate us, nothing. All right. So if a true Christian would commit suicide and we have to be clear, a true Christian, not just somebody who professed to be a Christian, a true Christian. Because once again, I've said this before, you can claim to be a member of the Atlanta, Atlanta Falcons because you got the jersey. But you may not be truly part of the team. So if a true Christian would commit suicide in a time of extreme weakness, he or she would be received into heaven, Jude 24. But we question the faith of those who take their lives or even consider it seriously. It may be well. Oh, sorry. Sorry. It may well be that they have never been truly saved. All right. So this. Hey, these are possibilities. Guys, it's possible. That we do question the faith. If someone comes to me who proclaims to be a believer and they're seriously thinking about contemplating suicide, you know, we do have to challenge them. We do have to hold them accountable to the faith that's in them, you know, that they that they hold to, you know, that they claim to hold to, you know, holding them accountable, you know, calling them to examine their hearts. You know, are you trusting in Christ? Are you truly trusting in Christ? Or are you trusting in flesh? Because the Bible tells us, man, uh, I think it's, it's a proverb. The Bible tells us that cursed is the man who puts his who makes flesh his trust, who makes flesh his trust, right? And then it gives an analogy of what it's like for somebody who makes flesh his trust and it's bad, right? But then it says, blessed is the one who who finds his his strength and his his trust in Christ. I mean, not in Christ, but in God. That's what the scripture says in Proverbs. In God, you know. So, like, when we put our when we put our faith and our trust in anything else, you know, it's all it's like sinking sand. You know, it's it's like a drought, a land that's drought. You know, don't have the water to to flourish. You know, like famine. But if we trust it in God, then we can prosper. And not only my prosper, I'm talking about just in life and our in health. You know, in trusting God. You know what I'm saying? And so we have to be you know clear about that. And so it says that's because God's children are defined repeatedly in Scripture as those who have hope. Our hope is in Christ. Let's look at this. They, they cite a few scriptures. I want to read them real quick as far as what they show. Um, Acts twenty four fifteen, having a hope in God, which these men cherish themselves, that there shall certainly be a resurrection of both the righteous and the wicked. Romans 5, 2 through 5. Through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand and we exalt in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also exalt in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation bring about perseverance and perseverance, proven character and proven character, hope and hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts. Through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. All right. So this is this is the heart of a believer. You know, this is the pattern by which we do or should walk in. Uh, Romans eight twenty four, for in hope we have been saved. But hope that is seen is not hope for who for who hopes in what he um, already sees. All right. So a lot of people who find their way is wanting to commit suicide. They feel like there's no hope ahead. They can't see the end game. You know, they can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Second uh, Corinthians one 10 who delivered us from so great a peril of death and will deliver us. He on whom we have set our hope and he will yet deliver us. And it has, et cetera. And so, It says that's because God's children are defined repeatedly in Scripture as those who have hope and purpose in life. And those who think of committing suicide do do so because they have neither hope nor purpose in their lives. All right. Furthermore, one who repeatedly considers suicide is practicing sin in his heart. And I love the way that the author words this article. It says one who repeatedly considers consider suicide so this is a continual thing it's happening all the time you know it, it doesn't seem like the person that's fighting against it's repeatedly happening you know they are continually feeling this way continually um considering us committing you know murdering themselves and considering you know the fact that they don't they're not trusting god and trusting in christ and stuff like that you know and so it says and john 1 3 9 Oh, so I'm sorry. I'm going to read it again. Furthermore, one who pre- repeatedly considers suicide is practicing sin in his heart. And 1 John 3 nine says that no one who is born of God practices sin. And finally, suicide is often the ultimate evidence of a heart that rejects the Lordship of Jesus Christ because it is an act where the sinner is taking his life into his own hands com- completely rather than submitting to God's will for it. Ooh. Yo, man, come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Like, that's that's what it is. You know, like submitting our life to God, like whatever this life may bring me. But what does the Bible say that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose, his purpose. Right. So things may not be going the way we want them to go. It may be painful. Tribulations are going to come. You know, stress is going to come. Right. Trials are going to come. But our, our purpose of living is for God, you know, we, but this person, this this person is not in that moment is not submitting to God's will for his life. Surely many of those who have taken their lives will hear those horrifying words from the Lord of Jesus at judgment. So let me say it again. Surely many of those who have taken their lives will hear those horrifying words from the Lord Jesus at the judgment. I never knew you depart from me. You who practice lawlessness, Matthew seven twenty three. So though it may be possible for a true believer to commit suicide, we believe that um, we believe that is an unusual occurrence. Someone considering suicide should be challenged above all to examine himself to see whether he is in the faith. Second Corinthians 13, 5. All right. So that's the article from Grace to You. Like I said, it wasn't long. But it, the sentiments of it expressed similar to what I was already feeling, what, I'm, what, I'm, what I already believe in this sense. You know, it's like, man, like we we have to think about that, guys. You know, this should not be a, a a regular occurrence for a believer. Like they should be challenged. If someone, if you know someone who's contemplating suicide, they should be challenged in their faith. And I'm not necessarily saying that the person who committed suicide is basically showing that they never had faith. You know, not saying that, you know, but we, we have to take, and just like we talk about the issue of social justice and the justice system and everything else, we have to look at things by case by case basis. You know, what was the life of the person who's, you know, who was living and who's now dead? You know, what was the life? What, you know, because in the moment where they commit suicide, we see a snapshot where we don't see the movie. We don't see the, the, the video. You know, we don't know at all concerning that person and how they walked prior to that moment, you know. Uh, but we see that moment, and we can assume that you know, well, they they wasn't truly trusting the Lord at all, you know. But that can't, you know, that may not be the case. And if we believe um the gospel like we say we do, but then if they're in Christ, then that sin is just as covered as any other, you know. It's it's just as covered. Um, I was telling a uh, friend of mine we was talking the other night, and I was telling him I was like, when if a person was to die. While committing an act of sin, and we just use whatever sin out there. You use committing adultery. You committing act of adultery. And you have a heart attack and die. You're committing the. Uh, you're lying. You're you know just like Ananias and Sapphira. You know, I mean, when they lied, you know, though they though they died at that moment, was it that they all that went to hell? Were they truly saved? Did they, were they born again prior to lying to the Holy Spirit? You know, and like you know, like because I mean, they was in the church. They was with the people. You no, know, what, what's the case on that? You know. Now we know the situation with Judas. You know he didn't. You know we, he hanged himself, right? But he was a son of perdition. You know he wasn't going to heaven. You know, saying like he wasn't going to heaven. He wasn't saved when he died. You had the issue with um with Samson when he took out the um the Philistines or how do you want to pronounce it the pa- the Palestinians or the Palestines, you know how do you want to pronounce it? But when he took them out with pushing those pillars, before he did so, he knew that he was committing suicide. He knew that when he do this, that it was going to take his life as well. Yet he still did it, though. He had a purpose in doing it. He still committed suicide. It's just the same as somebody who commits suicide by bombing a um a railroad station, or bombing a plane, you know, like they had they have the bomb attached to them. They're trying to take out these people, but they know it's going to take them out too. Right. I'm not saying what they, what those people do is righteous. What I'm saying is Samson had the same thing in mind. I'm going to take out these Palestine's and while doing so, it's going to take my own life as well. And he did it. He pushed those pillars out and took his own life. But before he did it, he said, Lord, remember me. Lord, remember me. All right. Did the Lord remember Samson? You know, he's one of the judges. Did the Lord remember him or no? You know, and we know people in the Old Testament are saved the same way we're saved. They were saved by faith, not by their works, by faith, the same way Abraham is saved. You know, so there's something to think about, you know, when it comes to the, with those instances that I brought up there. But yes, you know, it should be rare. Like this should not be something that is occurring all the time and we should make it a norm. It needs to be also made clear, made very clear that this is wicked before the Lord It's sinful before the Lord. You're trying to take something in your own hands when you should know that you're bought with a price. That price is, is Christ's blood on the cross. He paid the ransom for our lives if we're truly in Christ and therefore our lives belong to him. We are a slave to Christ. You know, if we're in Christ, we are slaves as his, you know, not a slave to sin. We're not we're not a slave to sin. We have power over sin by the spirit of the Lord. You know. Yes, that's even unbelief. That's even your doubt and your worry. You know, we have power you know, through Christ. All right. So um, just before before I end this episode, I just want to share this. We're all sinners. We've all sinned against God and broken his law. We deserve his wrath and his justice. And if God would give us justice by casting us all into hell, he would be just in doing so. But instead of doing that, God gave his son. He gave Jesus. He came in a form of, of sinful, rebellious flesh, yet committed no sin. He committed no sin and he was the perfect sacrifice, the perfect, blameless, spotless lamb of God and gave his life on the cross willfully. Willfully, And his blood was shed as an atoning sacrifice for our sins, for our transgressions. All right. Just like we read in Colossians, our, our certificate of debt that was stacked against us, it's nailed to the cross, being taken out of the way by his blood. All right. So through his blood, we have the remission of sins, of sins. All right. Now that atonement isn't for the whole world. Let's be honest. It's not for the whole world. Everyone's sin is not atoned for. Everyone's sins are not atoned for. Only those who would repent and trust in Christ will have eternal life. That's good news. The bad news is we deserve justice. We deserve hell. Like, we don't deserve anything good in this life. But God, by His mercy and His grace, gave His Son. And it's through Him that we can have ever, everlasting life. Must repent. Turn from your sins. Turn from your unbelief. Turn from your wickedness. Turn from your wicked ways. Trust in Christ and his righteousness and his righteousness alone for our salvation. And he promised that he would give us his spirit. He would give us his spirit and that he would change our desires. Give us a brand new heart. He he won't clean. He won't just clean our heart, but he'll give us a brand new heart. And wherefore our desires will change and therefore we will loathe our sin. We will hate our sin. We will hate our unbelief. We will hate our doubting and our worrying. We will hate it. And we will love him. We will love him and love his righteousness. Love righteousness. We'll love his law. All right. We will. We absolutely will because of his spirit. And that spirit is given as a promise of an inheritance is given to us as an earnest of the inheritance to come, salvation of our souls, eternal life. All right. So trust in Christ, not yourselves. Trust in Him. No matter what you're dealing with in this life, no matter what you are going through in this life, Jesus is enough. He's enough. Whether you're dealing with financial troubles, marital troubles, you know, uh, job troubles, whatever it is, you know, whatever it is, Jesus is enough. He's enough. If nothing else works for you in this life, as long as you have Christ, you have everything. You have everything. If you have Christ, be encouraged. And if you know someone who is thinking about and contemplating suicide or if you yourself is contemplating suicide, reach out to someone who knows the Lord. Reach out. You can call 801-980-6333. Call it. We can talk. You don't have to go through this alone. You don't have to walk alone reach out to someone, reach out to someone, and not just anyone, but someone who can point you to Christ, point you to the bishop of your soul. That's what's most important. That's what's most important. The biggest void that we have to fill in this life is not that we have more money, it's not that we have better relationships, or anything like that. The biggest void that we need to fill in this life is that we live our lives in hostility towards a holy and righteous God. And we need to be reconciled to him. But that's only through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So with that being said, remember, this world is full of errors. And the only thing that the doctor prescribes is truth. Blessings.